What is up, Lit and Lucid Podcast fans? We are happy to have you back for season six of the show. This season is brought to you by Lit Dispensary and Steve's Goods, both located in the beautiful state of Colorado. Visit our website, litlucid.com, to learn more about our two sponsors and to view our previous episodes. And if you are enjoying the show, be sure to share with a friend and give us a review on your favorite platform. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Lucy and Jared. Welcome, everybody, to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here recording live at the Lit Dispensary in Denver, Colorado. If you haven't been to the Lit Dispensary, I highly recommend it. It has one of the best views in town. You can see in Vesco Field at Mile High, just literally right outside the window. Uh, so definitely check it out. We love it. We're the Lit and Lucid podcast at the Lit Dispensary. What could be better, really? Uh, so today we have a really special panelist group today. We are going to be discussing PTSD and veterans and cannabis use. And it's a very important topic, uh, so we're excited to dive into it a little bit deeper. Today we have Dr. David Gordon. He's an internal medicine doctor with over 20 years experience focusing on non-pharmaceutical options for patients with chronic illnesses. He also spends his time educating consumers and the community on the endocannabinoid system. Uh, we've spent some time with David Gordon in the past and we really appreciate his knowledge, so we're excited to learn more from him. Welcome, David. Thank you. Doctor. <laughs> we also have Anna Jensen. She, is an, she had an extraction company and a product line while living on Capitol Hill. And during that time, she was able to donate some CBD products to veterans and really started to understand, uh, you know, the importance of this plant and why, you know, veterans needed it so much. She also has some experience of her own around PTSD and was able to testify in 2017 to get medical cannabis approved for PTSD patients. Uh, so we're excited to learn more about Anna today on our show as well. Thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome. And then we have David LaRose. He is a U.S. Marine veteran joining the forces when he was 17 years old. Uh, and he's always been, you know, part of the service. His job was to take care of the pilots and the air crew. And then back after 9-11, he was in an unfortunate accident uh, where he was working in windy conditions. And he had a raft door actually slam onto his head, causing, you know, a big scratch and mark, causing him to go unconscious. And since then, he suffered from, you know, seizures, anxiety, and PTSD. So today he's using cannabis for, you know, those ailments. So we're going to learn... Well, uh, we have Elias. He is with Viola Brands. And Viola Brands was actually created by Al Harrington. He's a former NBA uh, basketball player. And he found cannabis after a botched knee surgery and started using that plant medicine. And his grandma, she actually suffered from glaucoma and diabetes, who was really reluctant about cannabis. And then she started to use the products for herself. Uh, her name, coincidentally, is Viola. So that's kind of where the nod at the company came from. Very glad you did your research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and hopefully we'll have Al on the show here in the future. So we're excited to learn a little bit more from him, uh, the owner of Viola. And Thanks then, for having us. Yeah, thank you for being on the show. 
And then finally, we have Bruce Nassau. He is one of the owners of the Lit Dispensary. He has a background in PhD, uh, really focused on federal research for CBD and all the cannabinoids and the importance of this product for veterans. Uh, so we're excited to have you, Bruce. We're gonna let you just kind of kick it off, explain to us a little bit more about the dispensary and kind of your objectives here. Okay, uh, it's a real pleasure to be a part of this. Uh, PTSD is uh, obviously a, a very significant issue uh, that we in the industry are doing our very, very best to support those who suffer from the effects of PTSD. Uh, we, uh, you're here at LIT, uh, it's a real pleasure to be hosting this. And uh, uh, again, I think it's uh, extremely important to turn to non-opioid types of medications in terms of dealing with this, uh, I'm familiar with individuals who have had various types of injuries, uh, both physical as well as PTSD uh, related types of things. They will go uh, typically to the hospital, the VA hospital for various forms of treatment. And uh, so often what I hear is, is they are given uh, opioids, whether it be Percocet or whatever, essentially told go home uh, get on disability and, uh, you know, live your life in, in the world of opioids. Uh, we at LIT, and I would say uh, in the industry, I'm an industry spokesman, uh, we don't look at that as a solution at all. And so we look at non-traditional uh, 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 non methods of treatment and PTSD from our perspective uh, has greatly benefited from things like CBD uh, cannabis in general, and we are extremely supportive of that. And as a researcher, by way of background, uh, one of the things that I want to see happen is uh, significantly more state and especially federal research into what it is that makes this work for people who suffer from PTSD. So anyway, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Bruce, and thanks for allowing us to, uh, to bless this space and, and kind of help you guys bring the space and to, to open us for all the consumers over here and, and really kind of share your message that helped kind of drive this. So, so with that, I mean, why don't we just dive in? Let's just immediately kind of kick it off. And, and Dr. Gordon and Anna, I want you to chime in too. You know, give us a 30-foot view of, you know, what is PTSD? What, you know, and then we're going to dive in later, but, you know, simply... What is PTSD? Sure. Well, I mean, to start, it stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. So the key piece there is it occurs after some significant trauma. Uh, the keynotes there, it's not always a trauma that you have to experience. It's really if someone comes home and tells you about a horrific accident or a trauma, that can be just as significant as experiencing it yourself. But there's usually some single trauma that triggers the process. And then in a nutshell, um, really your whole nervous system just goes out of whack following that trauma and your brain and your nervous system can't kind of re-regulate itself. You know, PT itself is, is kind of both formally diagnosed but also kind of the symptoms just, you know, describe that. It, it really has a few categories. There's a kind of a hyperarousal component that people are always just kind of on edge, irritable, jumpy. Um, there's an avoidance. Uh, they're typically trying to avoid anything that will trigger the trauma memory. Uh, they're avoiding people. They're avoiding experiences. Um, they're just literally isolating themselves. There's this constant re-experiencing of the trauma. So that might be nightmares or 
um, very vivid dreams, or it just might be certain smells or activities or just any trigger for that person might cause this re-experiencing. And then there's a whole set of negative emotions that occur. There's a lot of self-doubt, uh, self-talk that goes on, especially over time um, where people aren't functioning well. And so really it covers every aspect of mental health that you could probably you know, figure out. There's depression involved, there's anxiety, there's sleep disturbances, there's other mood issues, there's isolation. And, and it really just takes over someone's life, really. Their, their body and their brain is not able to regulate. We actually see you know, changes in certain parts of the brain of, of, and, and can measure that's what's working. That's certainly done on the research side. But really, from an individual standpoint, it's just inability to control the nervous system. And all these symptoms, whether it's re-experiencing, avoiding you know, this hyperarousal and these negative emotions, they're just with people 24-7, really. Yeah, so, so in essence, it's, it's an actual change in the brain, change in the brain structure that makes essentially the brain operate differently. Yeah, normal. absolutely. You can measure that. It's been done in both humans and animals. You can see basically the, the biggest area is the, the amygdala, which is, deals with emotions primarily um, and regulation of emotions. And then what's called the median prefrontal cortex. There's a crosstalk between those two areas, and they try to balance each other um, really and the ability for the median prefrontal cortex to kind of balance the amygdala and the emotional regulation is just kind of disconnected. Yeah, it's a very complex issue. It is a very complex issue and it, it doesn't fit kind of classic anxiety or depression categories. Often, you know, for military veterans, I would say trauma is you know, more commonly discussed. People recognize there's a lot of trauma in military mm -hmm. veterans, but for other patients, and about 70% of PTSD patients are non-military, uh, for those patients, often no one's asking about the trauma, so they might come in with sleep disorder, and they're just diagnosed with insomnia first, and they get pills for that, and then they come back with depression, and okay, they get diagnosed with depression and get pills for that, and then anxiety, and then pain, and then other things, so they actually... Uh, people, especially on the non-military side, often go years without actually the, the PTSD diagnosis and the, the host of services and benefits that, you know, come with knowing that's what's going on. Yeah, I think it, it's the stigma a little bit, I think, that's held back education. And these people are stigmatized by PTSD, and they're like, well, I'm not going to come out and say I have PTSD, so I'm going to go to the doctor and try this, you know, anxiety or depression or sleep issue without actually pinpointing it, because they probably don't know. And so I'm... You know, hopefully from this, what we could do is bring more awareness to it and, you know, make people have that conversation. So, Anna, I mean, do you have anything to add to that? You know, what is PTSD from your point of view? You know, PTSD for me is um, very different. It's every, PTSD for everybody is very unique and their subset of their triggers and what goes on in their life. Um, I am the other 70%. Once I realized I did have PTSD from... Um, uh, domestic violence, I started doing really kind of di diving down and what that means. While our veterans have been going through this for decades, really since Vietnam era and probably before then of, you know, night terrors and things like that, those same things happen in civilian population. We just didn't realize the connection. And so my passion became, you know, aligning myself with veterans that had also been traumatized and helping give back. Um, for me personally, what does my PTSD look like versus somebody else's? Um, I know for me, if I don't get enough sleep, um, I don't eat well, things like that for a long period of time, um, my body starts to shut down. I get anxious, I get uh, nauseous, or I'll vomit. Um, 
prior to using cannabis, um, I was on Zofran for nausea three times a day because I couldn't hold food down because the trauma was so bad. Um, I don't have to take that at all. Um, sometimes I still take it in conjunction with. So cannabis isn't a cure-all, but it has enabled me to be um, a functioning part of society without the dependence of pharmaceuticals and other things as well. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. And what about you, David? Why don't you explain to us a little bit about your experience with PTSD? Well, my experience with PTSD um, is I, you know, I experienced, you know, some really kind of horrific stuff in the military. A lot of people, you know, just to say what I, what I saw, a lot of people, you know, see the flag draped coffins of the Silver Star, Gold Star recipients. What they don't see is like the foot in the MRE bag that's coming home because that's, that's all that's left of that person. You know, I saw that regularly and had to deal with that. Um, so I deal with not being able to sleep. I deal with being very hyper alert, uh, depression, obviously, uh, the whole gamut of stuff. Uh, I'm pretty thin, so I don't eat very much. <laughs> but, uh, but with cannabis, I've been able to, one, slow my seizures down um, I've actually had brain surgery where my right hippocampus and part of my right amygdala was removed. And they want to do another brain surgery that's even in more in depth than that. But with cannabis, I'm actually able to not have to do this, this surgery. And it's helped with my seizures almost, you know, reduce them to where it's like one every couple months. You know, but it's the flashbacks, it's the, it's the night terrors, it's not being able to sleep, and what's really worse is the hyper alertness. You know, even just coming here, little, little anxious, <laughs> but that, that's what I deal with. Thank you for sharing that, David. All right, well, let's um, go on to our next question. Maybe we'll start with Bruce. Um, why do you think PTSD is such a pressing issue Well, uh, the, the most obvious is that we have deployed uh, many of our troops overseas who have been through combat, uh, had to deal with the, uh, uh, shall we say, the repercussions of, of combat. And uh, again, it's, we have people coming back from overseas uh, or here domestically who have, had to, who have had to deal with this problem. And uh, so I would say it is front and center. And uh, I, to have our veterans uh, suffering, uh, winding up homeless, uh, things of that nature, which relates specifically to that disorder, um, going through the kinds of things that David has just explained that he has had to go through. Uh, and then, uh, again, the, the uh, civilian population, such as Anna, in which that she has gone through, uh, this is this is part of how we can apply the use of medical cannabis and CBD to help people uh, get back into society, uh, to function better in society, and and hopefully to live a good, happy life. Absolutely. 
and Elias, what about you? Maybe from, you know, the dispensary and product side of it, are you seeing people come to you with, yeah, we have these issues, we're looking for cannabis for a solution? Absolutely. Um, actually, we, one thing I notice is people with PTSD, uh, they're, and when they use marijuana as their, you know, gateway to get out of that and just deal with it, they use a lot of it, a lot of it. So, um, with that said, I mean, on the medical side, obviously, you know, you see people walk into medical stores and, you know, they're buying ounces of Viola at a time. And they say because it's a very clean and pure product that, you know, they really like it. It helps them sleep, helps them get up in the morning, whatever it does, you know. And uh, personally for me, you know, if I didn't smoke or dab or anything like that, I'd be a pretty high-strung guy. You know, I, I grew up uh, in an abused home, both me and my brother and my sister. Uh, luckily, my grandmother came and got me away from it and uh, <clears throat> wasn't able to take all three of us. It was kind of a wild house if that was the case, you know. And, um, you know, with that said, you know, growing up older, I still think about it a lot and what we could have changed and what could have happened, but can't change it. So uh, I think about it all the time. Sometimes, you know, nightmares come up because just some situations that my brother and sister have been in, you know, and um, it's, uh, it's beneficial to actually have the plant to be able to smoke and eat or whatever you want to do with it to be able to enjoy yourself in any way because it helps for many reasons not just PTSD but that's definitely one of the most important ones to me. Absolutely. Okay we're going to take a quick two second break and we'll be right back. All right so we're back from our, our first little commercial break there and and we just kind of uh, lightly touched on PTSD and kind of wiggled our way through it and figured out you know what does PTSD look like and and why is it somewhat of a pressing issue now? And I want to dive more into, you know, what is it a little bit more just to understand, because we're going to lead into treatments here. You know, David, why don't you start us off? And, you know, why a lot of people don't really understand why, I guess. Why is it such a big deal? You know, does it, how does it affect your life every day? I guess let's just start with that. Um, up until, you know, kind of recently, I wouldn't even be here. I, you know, there's been times where it's been extremely difficult to not only leave the house, but leave the bedroom, you know, um, it, I, I've lost my, my wife to it. I just recently lost a, another significant other to it. My, you know, the seizures. So I'm, the seizures are, are really bad because I'm always walking around like, oh, my God, when am I going to have a seizure? You know. And what kind of quality of life is that when you, you can't really plan for that? So I'm sure it probably keeps you indoors. It, and exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's, 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 it's just scary. And the anxiety going through anxiety just all day long, that's, it, it's really difficult. So that's why nowadays... We're not only combating the issue of PTSD and all the other symptoms such as depression and insomnia and all those, we're combating now end of life of suicide. And that's pretty much where we've got to now. We're losing uh, on average 22 veterans a day. Uh, you know, that's just sickening, especially when you, I, I, I'm on Medicaid. I get better treatment than any of veterans that I know that go to the VA. And I'm on Medicaid. That's sickening. You know, it takes months and months for these guys to, 
to even get an appointment, and when they do, they're just basically pill doctors. You so know? it's kind of like another war after the war. Exactly. You're going you're gonna to battle your mind, and you're going to battle the, the insurance or the VA to try to get any coverage. And I remember when I first started getting into PTSD, uh, we were starting the Institute of Cannabis Research, and one of the biggest issues we heard from the veterans with PTSD was that I can't smoke cannabis because I will lose my insurance. If I lose my insurance, then all these other pills that I have to take, I won't get them covered, and then it's going to cost me hundreds of dollars a month to cover my meds. And so it's this sticky situation, and we're going to clearly cover the, the pharmaceutical portion of it, but the it's biggest, a struggle just to get... The, the biggest thing that I have a problem with especially with the Marine Corps and, 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 you know, the Army. They teach you how to be a killer and a warrior. They don't teach you how to be a civilian afterwards. They literally kick you to the street, give you your DD-214, your VA benefits, if you get, if you get them, and say, see you later. You know, well, good luck. Yeah, and there's something seriously wrong with that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I know too many homeless veterans. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible. Uh, Dr. Gordon, why don't you explain to us kind of, you know, if somebody would go into a typical doctor's office or the VA looking for treatment for PTSD, what, what would they expect? Uh, a lot of pills. Uh, more than anything. I mean, if you're, excuse me, if you're coming into a place like the VA or, or you're coming in with a diagnosis of PTSD, when, like we talked about, just formally getting that diagnosis can be quite challenging if the right questions aren't asked. But if you have the diagnosis, um, really, it's just a, a standard kind of pharmaceutical cocktail. I mean, uh, classical antidepressants, what we call SSRIs or SNRIs, these are things like Zoloft and Paxil and Prozac and those types of medicines. Those are still probably considered first line. Um, so almost everybody gets those. Interestingly enough, when you look at the research, um, only two of them are actually even FDA approved for, for treatment of yeah, PTSD. Was Prozac like a heart medication or something? Uh, not Prozac, uh, but you know, and even if you look at the studies, there's minimal, minimal, there might be some improvement over what we call placebo, someone taking you know, a sugar pill, uh, but it's minimal. It's certainly not clinically significant. So when someone says, oh, this medicine is first line, um, there's, you know, there's research showing it, it has zero, almost zero clinical benefit. It might show, you know, a score, you know, say a zero to 100 scoring, like there, someone's at a 40 and it improves to a 42, you know, something like that. That's enough to get a drug approved or, you know, but really there's, there's not much data on those drugs. And typically since people don't get better, uh, then you just start layering other, other things. Sleeping medicines um, are given. There's a huge amount of what we call benzodiazepines. These are things like Valium and Ativan. Um, those have actually been shown in the research to make disease and PTSD worse over time um, and increase the risk of suicide. Um, yet those are still given out like candy for anxiety and things of that nature. And, and then people typically add on you know, what we call antipsychotic medicines. Uh, these are medicines designed for people with schizophrenia, but they're given to just about anybody with any mental health issue. Again, no research really supporting their use for the most part, but they're added on. And, and then again, other symptoms which start, you know, coexisting. Again, it's rare people who have gone through trauma because the nervous system is so disrupted, other things happen, intestinal issues, pain issues, uh, you know, cardiac issues. I mean, the list, you're at risk for almost every other disease when you're dealing with persistent trauma. 
And so there's a lot of now other medicines come into play. And medicines aren't the only kind of standard of care therapy. There is certainly um, counseling and, and other types of uh, therapies that are used. Again, <clears throat> one of the challenges though is, is David so eloquently stated that this, the, the support for veterans coming home is just not there on so many levels. But on the medical, I mean, the VA just doesn't have the staff, the resources to provide services to so many veterans when you're, we've been in war for, you know, 18, 19 years now. And so even for some of these counseling options, which are pretty valuable, uh, it's tough for people to get access. But they are used more in the private sector. Um, forms of trauma therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, what's called EMDR, which is a type of trauma therapy. These have all been shown to have, have some benefit and are part of, so to speak, standard of care, but getting people access. You know, even often psychotherapy is not covered by insurance. So if you're in the general community, you might find this great EMDR therapist who's done amazing work, but it might cost you for, you know, a few months of treatment in the, in the thousands of dollars. Right. And that's not typically realistic for someone who's not been working and so forth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, that's, that's one thing that people don't take into account is the cost of these treatments. So Anna, let's talk about from your perspective you know, what are some of the problems that initially arise from some of these typical treatments? Um, well, for one, uh, it, like the doctor was saying, for me, I didn't recognize that I had PTSD, um, being in a domestic violence uh, marriage and relationship. So I was going to my doctor for sleep issues, attention issues, um, kind of depression issues. So then you would take the sleep medications to help you sleep, and, and they did work, but then you're, you're groggy the whole next day trying to kind of get ahead of it. And then by the time the grogginess wears off, it's 10 o'clock, and you're like, wow, finally I feel like a decent human. And you're like, I can't be productive at 10 o'clock. And then the cycle starts over again, and your anxiety ramps up and so forth. So for me, um, you know, if I've had a particularly stressful day, I can, you know, instead of theoretically four years ago, you know, taking Xanax or, you know, doing some of those things, I can come home, you know, ingest a little cannabis, de-stress, breathe a little bit, cook dinner, and continue to be productive, and I'm not hungover, I'm completely functioning, I'm not slurring my words, or not that, you know, or anything that the pharmaceutical has, there's really not any negative side effects, and so for me, it's a, it's a huge part of my um, daily routine. Yeah. And Bruce, what about for you? What do you see cannabis as being a solution for PTSD? You know, I, I guess I come to the word functionality. And <clears throat> with the treatments associated, whether, you know, it be cannabis itself or CBD, people are able to function on a day-to-day -day basis. A lot of what I've been hearing here and what I've seen from uh, speaking with other people is you wind up taking medications that make you dysfunctional where you're not able to function on a day-to-day -day basis. Whereas with uh, treatments related to cannabis and, and CBD, you are able to function on a day-to-day -day basis. You can live a life, as we talked about, uh, you can be happy, uh, you can relate, you can go to work, uh, things of this nature. Uh, you look at the homelessness and things of this nature, uh, much of this is because these people are A, not getting any treatment, or B, they are on opioids that make them zombies. And that is not where, where this needs to go. If we need to focus on what helps people be able to adjust to live a normal day-to-day -day existence, which I would suggest 
uh, cannabis uh, and, and the CBD absolutely can help people uh, work with and adjust to living. Yeah, and if anybody else wants to chime in, maybe on their experience on how cannabis has helped you through PTSD and other trauma. Honestly, I've, uh, I've tried to commit suicide twice, you know, and with being able to take cannabis, it really helps regulate my emotions and I can work through some of these bad, you know, nightmares or whatever. And like I said, cannabis for me and for a lot of other veterans have just saved our lives. I know one veteran who was on 90 different pills at one time. Not at once, but over, you know, the years that he was out, it was 90 different pills that he, he, he was on. Um, I know another veteran who uses CBD because his anxiety is so bad, like he literally won't leave his house. He, it, it just, he won't do it. Um, so I, cannabis has just saved so many veterans' lives. So many. I'm, like I said, I've tried to commit suicide twice, and I'm here today because of cannabis. It is really you know, amazing. To piggyback off what you said about just not wanting to leave your house sometimes, you know, I, sometimes I just get, a lot of the time, I get so oddly comfortable in my own domicile that uh, I don't want to leave because I don't have to deal with nobody. And it's just me and my dogs, and I can walk around naked if I wanted to, and, you know, and... Uh, uh, when you leave the house, that's when you got to deal with stress and anxiety of just even being in traffic here, you know, and um, if it wasn't for me and being able to wake up and have, like, no, no kidding, like three or four dabs in the morning just to kind of release myself to be able to even eat breakfast, uh, I probably would, it'd be hard for me to have a job, you know, and uh, just because I don't really care about society that much, you know, so I just like to stay home and waking up and changing my mindset and being able to medicate in the mornings just to be able to leave my door to deal with everybody else in the day, it helps, mm-hmm. certainly. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that what it does is helps them to bring your quality of life back. And even, you know, you don't have to go out and about, I guess, but if you can find comfort and solve in your own home, at least, that's a big thing. Uh, Lucy and I were woken up the other night at 11 o'clock at night with fireworks across the street. And we immediately were like, like you can, you could tell why veterans and other people have issues like that because it scared the living shit out of us. We're like, what's going on? Somebody's trying to break in the house, and we're like frantically like trying to look out the windows, and our neighbors are drunk across the street shooting <laughs> off fireworks. And I'm like, they're so innocently doing that, but there's probably somebody around here who's really struggling with, you know, the sound of the fireworks. I got a lot of animals that give CBD for situations like that too. They'll mm-hmm. break out of the house and run away, get ran over, you know, seriously, just yeah. stuff like that. So. Yeah. That was the original reason why um, my passion followed the uh, the hemp uh, with the CBD because I realized that I represent the 70% of the society that has PTSD. You have your first responders, you have your ER doctors, you have everybody that sees trauma um, and 
to, to process that on lack of sleep because they're working 12-hour shifts overnight really is not a good formula for any kind of conducive uh, quality of life. You know, police officers tend to have the highest suicide and divorce rates. ER doctors are seeing ER nurses now having PTSD as well. They're just struggling because there's lack of sleep and you're seeing trauma. Those two combined are just a recipe for disaster. So I found that if we could help some of the segment of the population without THC, you could have a much broader uh, perspective of maybe potentially helping more people. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. Uh, we were watching on the news the other day and there was a segment about firefighters and their lack of ability to sleep and how they're turning to yoga. And I, I, I didn't even really think of it. I, it didn't even cross my mind really that these people would have these problems. And you're right, these people are seeing trauma situations all day, every day, working long hour shifts. And so if all those other industries can start to open their minds to cannabis, you know, bring up that idea that, you know, this might be more helpful than all of these pills that everybody is just so easily taking, I think our, our world would change. All right, you guys, we are back um, for our last segment here of the show. I know before we left, David wanted to jump in a little bit and talk about a little bit more about, you know, the fireworks comment from your perspective. Um, it, just real briefly, my primary job was saving lives, uh, packing parachutes, things like that. But my secondary job was also teaching Marines how to take lives. So <laughs> I was literally on both sides of the coin. Um, and just hearing, hearing fireworks go off, like especially just the single loud boom, it literally sounds like a bomb going off or a mortar. You know, then you have like these firecrackers, you know, the ones that are just like boop, 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 boop. You know, when you're, when you're a veteran, you hear that and you're like, holy crap. But if you're actually, if you're using cannabis, you can tell the difference. And it helps calm, calm down, calm you down. Um, Is it like, uh, like instantaneous almost? Like if you were hearing that, could you smoke something? I, I have. Yes, I, I have um, before, you know, out at one of these beautiful bars. Um, that we have, but someone was lighting off fireworks, and me and my veteran friend, I kind of, I, I kind of lost my my shit. <laughs> I mean, I I lost it, and he was able to help me calm down, give me CBD right there, and it helped me calm down within three to five minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's good to know because we're quickly approaching. I mean, when you have, when you have, this episode airs, I mean, 4th of July is rapidly approaching. And every single year, I guarantee it's an issue for many veterans. Yeah, I grew up hunting, and uh, hearing a lot of these firecrackers, they do sound just like a rifle or a pistol even. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, seriously. It's, it's like, it's a, I mean, it's almost like they're made for that. I mean. It's like, what is their purpose, really? Like, why are we even doing this? And, and the, you know, obviously we lose a lot more veterans around the 4th of July holiday. You know, so the 22 goes up to like, say, 30, 40, you know, just through these next couple weeks. So that's crazy. Around Memorial Day, I know that's a big issue around Memorial Day. And there's a lot of folks who have survivor's remorse and survivor's guilt. And that's a huge issue that drives PTSD and, and suicide. I know that I, I deal with that. I deal with that a, a lot. You know, I wasn't there to save them. I wasn't there to, you know, what could I have done better to teach them better, you know? It, 
just thinking about this now is, is, is upsetting, but people need to hear this. You know, it's the, that, oh, that thought, just what could I have done better or I just couldn't save them, you know? Yeah, I mean, you just have to learn over time to let it go. And, and I think cannabis is a nice tool that helps you open up your mind and it's already proven to, you know, neuroplasticity and, and neurogenesis. And those are all things to help you rebuild your mind to fix what is the issue in the first place. And that is you just have a dysfunction in your brain. And it's not anything that you can really blame yourself for. It's just what happens. And I, luckily, cannabis is an excellent tool that allows you to reshape your brain and kind of bring your, your body and your mindset and your life and your soul all back more into a, a balance and an alignment to where you can live freely. And with the neurogenesis, like, I have seizures. So, you know, and I've had brain surgery. So having neurogenesis helping create new neurons and things like that is really helpful. Like, my memory is pretty crappy, but it's getting better. Why? Because of cannabis and other natural medicines. Yeah. And Dr. Gordon, why don't you jump in? Like, when you hear that from a patient, like, what is your response or what is your plan of action? Yeah, well, I mean, I appreciate the stories, David, and everyone here has talked about their own experiences. It's, it's, it's you know, we talked about re-experiencing is one of the big challenges with PTSD. So just to talk about it, it it's not an easy morning, I'm guessing, for a lot of these uh, survivors of PTSD. But, I mean, I've heard stories like this over and over again, you know, people using cannabis to get some of their life back, basically. And, and so when I see people, you know, some of the first things, you know, really understand what they're specifically struggling, you know, with what they've tried and, and make sure they hopefully can get access to some of those counseling and trauma therapy, which I think is crucial to be be part of the big picture. With cannabis, one of the things I think is highly underutilized is, is CBD. Part of that's been just lack of accessibility for, you know, up until the last five years, really. Or, um, But, you know, CBD and is, you know, for me, from a medical perspective, part of almost every effective cannabis regimen. It doesn't have to be CBD dominant, and THC is going to be part of that as well. But but CBD is underutilized. I, I look at it as kind of a survive versus thrive. Um, there's a lot of people who have figured out that THC dominant products can help them just get through the day, as you guys have talked about. Just basically allow me to leave the house, allow me to go get my mail, you know, to, to eat something in the morning. Um, it's allowed them to just survive, which is, you know, phenomenal in and of itself. Um, when we talked about the other options being not so great in terms of pharmaceuticals and things of that nature. So I'd say a lot of PTSD patients are on very THC heavy and high dose regimens. And that's, you know, not, that's not harmful. That's not a bad thing, but it's a lot of underutilization of CBD. So one of the first things I'm often doing is getting some a decent amount of CBD in that regimen on a continuous basis because CBD has a whole set of other properties in terms of kind of helping our own endocannabinoid system work better. In animal studies, we actually see changes in the amygdala and that prefrontal cortex. So we actually see changes in the parts of the brain that are most disrupted predominantly with CBD helps repair that. Again, that's animal studies. But 
And so CBD really helps the kind of hyperarousal part more than THC, that, that kind of jitteriness, anxiety. You know, David mentioned when, you know, he, you know, heard that it was at the bar, he heard something, you know, within a few minutes, CBD was already quieting him down. So I'd say one of the first things I'll do is kind of try to make sure we've got enough CBD in someone's regimen. Um, and then just, you know, help them, you know, kind of, you know, I, I like to co-opt the gateway term back from cannabis, you know, cannabis used to falsely accused of being a gateway drug to other substances, which is research has shown that's just downright false. But, you know, you've heard from many of these folks today, like, oh, once I get cannabis on board, I can start cooking my dinner, or I can do this, or I can get out, or I can be social. All the things that are going to help people heal from chronic disease, food and movement and relaxation, sleep, all those things, cannabis can help people kind of incorporate those things. Once you're feeling better, yeah, you can start eating healthier. And Anne was saying when she eats poorly, her anxiety goes up. And so, but it's hard to worry about eating well when you're feeling terrible. And so. I can say, um, if I just can chime in for a second, you know, I, um, five years ago, I can tell you I suffered from PTSD. It was pretty much a regular thing of not sleeping. Night terrors were pretty, a pretty regular thing. I was, I don't know probably about six different medications today, one medication, and I manage my PTSD with cannabis. I don't suffer from PTSD anymore. I just manage it, and I know sometimes or I'm gonna need to manage it more than others because I'm gonna be out of town, I'm not gonna sleep well, or these other things, and it's enabled me to deal with it and then just manage it and be like a productive part of society. I don't look like someone that ever probably suffered from PTSD, but I can tell you I did. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories today. I know this is just the very tip of the iceberg of the conversation that needs to be had moving forward, but hopefully this brings some awareness to others, you know, makes them think a little bit more about, yeah, maybe PTSD is something that I'm struggling with, looking towards these alternatives like cannabis and this plant medicine to really help them and shape their lives for the better. Uh, so we appreciate each and every one of you for sharing your stories and all of your experience, Viola, for what you guys are doing for patients, as well as the Lit Dispensary. David, for sharing your story. Thank you for being courageous. And Anna and Dr. David Gordon for your expertise on the uh, topic. Uh, we'll switch gears just a little bit. I know we have a really cool 710 event coming up for Lit Dispensary. So Bruce, if you want to tell us a little bit about that, and we'll share something a little bit extra for our guests. Well, uh, first of all, the gentleman to my right is uh, helping us significantly with that. Uh, we're going to be putting together a a super promotion across the board, but particularly with your uh, with your products. Uh, so we're very excited to do that. And again, uh, I just want to say that Lit has uh, always been supportive of our troops, of dealing with the PTSD issues, and uh, we're we're very proud to stand uh, with you here uh, to hear the stories, what everybody is going through. I, I truly feel that. We are doing above and beyond being in a quote cannabis business. We are doing something that is beneficial societally and for individuals. And uh, it, I take, I'm very proud of that. And uh, thank you all for being here and participating. Yeah, yeah thank you, Bruce, too. And we're, we're proud of you guys for what you guys do and what you guys stand for. So thank you again. Uh, one thing that uh, I'd like to talk about for sure is I know that uh, there's something really big going on with Viola and Lit on 710. Uh, we're basically giving away 500 grams uh, of our product. So uh, what we did is uh, we, we got a bunch of Lit's amazing fresh frozen flour. Uh, we ran it uh, into some live resin and literally 
if you don't show up and get your free gram and show us some love, if you're mistaken. It's very I'm amazing I'm product. <laughs> um, everybody stop by. We're going to have everything from, you know, we're going to have artists here next door at the field house. We're going to have hopefully a looper bus, uh, all sorts of fun activities. Come by and show some love and party with us on 710. Thanks for having us. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Yeah, and if you are really interested in our guests and learning more from them, we're going to hopefully have a meet and greet at that activity as well. So 710, be here uh, or be square, really. I mean, come get lit with us. Come get lit, for sure. So check out our website. I'll have all the information for the guests there. Uh, you can check out all their past stories. You can find their contact information, how to get a hold of them. Especially if you want to talk to David or any of our veterans or anybody with PTSD, I think it always helps to network with like-minded individuals who can help guide you through and, and kind of give you advice on, on things that they've experienced and, and what's helped them. I know if you're just now trying to get into cannabis, maybe you're unfamiliar with products and dosages, and it can be all overwhelming. I mean, I'm looking at the dispensary here, and there's products everywhere. And so feel free to network with people. Go ask questions. Don't be shy. You know, the, only, the first step to, to healing is always just admitting that there's a problem. And sometimes it's okay for you to look in the mirror and say, you know, there's something wrong and that I could be living a better life. And that's the first step. So feel free to even reach out to me, reach out to Lucy. We're here to help. So, so don't be shy out there and, and we're here for you. Can I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead, David. Um, if you are a veteran and you want to know more about natural medicines from cannabis to now mushrooms and other, other, other things, please look at uh, Veterans for Natural Rights. Uh, Matt Kale, um, he's the, the guy that started it and everything, and he can teach anyone about dosage and things like that. So, Thank you for that. Anything else from you, Dr. Gordon? No, I just agree with what you guys are saying. Don't, don't be afraid to introduce. You can always start with some really simple things um, that low dose, and, and low dose actually works pretty well, especially if you're kind of what we call cannabis naive. Uh, and so, you know, there's physicians like myself who see patients, help set up regimens, but there's great information from people like Matt, who I know well, and, uh, you know, the folks at the dispensary, they can even just help get you started and just, you know, you'll, you'll likely be amazed at, at the difference it can make for you. Any last comments for you, Anna? We'll let you wrap up. Um, yeah, so I wanted to um, say I came to Lit Dispensary a few years ago looking for a very specific strain of Baba Kush. That is my go-to strain that particularly helps me with my PTSD. Um, and I have been pleasantly surprised to watch this dispensary grow and become beautiful. And I think everybody would... Um, say that they've been proud to watch this place grow up, and it's a great place. I think the, your bud tenders have always been on point. Uh, Courteous explained things to me, and the cannabis has always been on point. Um, I wouldn't recommend anything that I wouldn't use myself, and used this this morning, so I can definitely see a, a, a proud patient here. Good, that's important. Clean cannabis is important, so thank you guys for offering that to patients and consumers as well. All right, you guys, and with that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. Laters. That's it. Laters, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. You're a very creative, uh, courageous person. Introducing Lit Dispensary, Denver's newest cannabis experience. Ample parking, large selection, the best prices on high quality cannabis in Denver. Ounces starting at $79, live resin at $20 a gram. 
Come by and smell for yourself. 1630 Federal Boulevard, Denver, Colorado. 303-455-9333. We have known Steve for over a year now and find his products to be one of the most reputable sources of CBD and other cannabis products on the market. With so many imitation oils being sold online, it's important to source products from companies you trust. Steve's Goods is that company. Steve's Goods is an award-winning Colorado-based CBD company offering organic and locally sourced products at unbeatable prices. Visit www.stevesgoods.com for more info.